Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas. I am your host for this week, Cameron Lawrence, sitting with my guy, my dude, my man, Mr. Tyler Plath. Tyler, how are you this week? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm going to do even better because I'm not going to talk about the weather right in the first like minute of an episode. Can you believe it? I think I may abstain as well. It's it's. This, this is a world record. This is mind-blowing. If you're listening for the first time, I apologize. It's an inside joke, and we're not going to fill you in on it. Um, I mean, it is taking every muscle that I have to not talk about the weather, but we are not going to talk about it. So, so can't instead, really... we're going to talk about not talking about the weather. Exactly, because it's not directly the weather, just indirect. Yes. So how's your week doing? How's uh, how's uh, school finishing up for you, and uh, are you going to be an emotional mess Tomorrow. I am. I am. It's my last day. My kids know I'm leaving for good. Uh, it sucks, actually. It's really sad, but I'm trying to get over it, trying to be excited and happy for football. Uh, my kids found out, actually, on Tuesday that I run this podcast and have a TikTok, and they were freaking out about it. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I hid it from them this long. And so yeah, it was because I was posting... I was editing something on my computer and like one of the kids came back and freaked out. I was trying to save it for the last day. So like it wasn't a big thing, but now they know. So we're going to, we're going to be at 44,012 followers pretty soon here on TikTok. So <laughs> you're, you're the local celebrity over, uh, over in small town, Wisconsin. I mean, there we have what it's like 80, 78 times more people following us on TikTok than that live in Plum City. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it out here. is. Um, it is pretty drastic. <laughs> it is. Well, as you may notice, we are missing our great pal Lucas again. He is still in Slovakia um, fighting the good fight, <laughs> um, bringing chocolate. <laughs> you said Asia last week. <laughs> you know, it's Slovakia. The dude's He's on the a move. man of the world. Um, <laughs> Just taking on every challenge. Refine uh, the sense for culture. No, Lucas is out again this week. I, he's on a fishing trip, I think is what he said. Um, I may have botched Something that. like that. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> we're sticking to fishing trip. He is chasing sharks in the um, Canada right now. Uh, in the sorry. Canada. <laughs> I, I, I'm like feeling like I'm going to be emotional tomorrow. So like I'm going to be so witty and just dry humor for the rest of this. Um so it's gonna be pretty off the cuff, um, but with that, let's just jump into some news and notes. Do you need me to transition? I, I would love for you to transition us. Beautiful. Sorry, that that's really gonna be, that's got to be the most annoying sound for anyone listening. So I really, really apologize. It sounded better in my head, and then once I heard myself do it, it. I really I thought sorry. It was perfect. I thought it was perfect, and <laughs> well, that is you. all that matters. <laughs> thank you. Um, so there's actually been a, a considerable, a considerable. Oh my gosh, considerable amount of news this last week with OTAs starting all around the league. Um, so we'll we'll jump into a couple signings real quick on the defense side of the ball, just to get them out of the way. Kyle Fuller, the cornerback, ex Bear corner, um, just signed with the Ravens, and Jadavion Clowney signed with the Browns after turning down multi-year 14 to 15 million dollar contracts to sign a one-year 10 million dollar contract with the browns um just shows that commitment that he has and just enjoying having miles garrett on the other side so he's not facing double teams all the time um <laughs> as we move forward and some more ota new or actually another signing on the offensive side of the ball daryl williams is signed by the arizona cardinals he will be the backup to James Conner. Probably bumping James Conner down a little bit just because of receiving work. Um, if you were projecting James Conner out, you know, you, you had him a little higher because he was the only guy there, right? Keontae Ingram was not going to come in. Eno Benjamin was not going to steal from um, James Conner. But Daryl Williams will get considerable amount of receiving work this year. Maybe a couple touches on the ground here or there. Um, Ty... Does Daryl Williams have any fantasy value this season? Uh, he absolutely does. Uh, he, if I'm not mistaken, um, Mr. Williams, I think he finished running back 25 last year. Did he really? 
Yeah, I'm going to double check that real quick because right behind that- the man, the myth, the legend, Miles Gaskin. So, oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, boy. Oh, shoot. I went to one of my leagues where I have him, but I remember that the scoring in that league is drastically different uh, than, than you know, do what's, it. <laughs> what's, what's standard. So, yeah. um, as I stall here, um, he was running back 20. Was he actually? That's insane. He was running back 20, and he made that off of receiving work. No kidding. That's there crazy. Was, there was really no run game to speak mm-hmm. of in Kansas City last year. And uh, when Clyde edwards Lair went down, um, it was Darrell Williams and Jarek McKinnon. And yeah. Darrell Williams made the most of it. So at the very worst, he is the mo- he is the ideal handcuff to have on your bench to kind of stash away just in case James Conner does get injured, which he has a, uh, a history of doing. It's more than likely. It's more than likely. And uh, even, you know, what's going to be practical, I guess is the way to phrase it. He will get receiving work. He may be a uh, a poor man's Kareem Hunt, you could say. So he, uh, to answer your question directly, he's most definitely worth having on your roster at this point. And you can get him late in late. drafts. And, and it will change a little bit when the season comes around, but it will still be very late in drafts. Um, moving on, more OTA news now. Um, Debo, Kyler, Terry McLaurin, all sitting out of OTAs. They are voluntary, um, but being in contract disputes, you're probably not going to go practice if you're threatening to hold out for more money. Um, Travis Etienne reported as full go. Michael Thomas, on the other hand, is not ready for OTAs and is hoping to be ready for training camp. That is scary Uh-oh. after he's been out for almost two years with these ankle injuries. Um, so, yeah, I would really be looking at Jarvis Landry and um, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara as well. Um, obviously, we don't know about his suspension, but he should have some crazy PPR value if Michael Thomas is not 100%. Um I cannot wait for people to start taking Adam Troutman, the tight end, as the like. Oh, he. I mean, it's Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave, and if and if Kamara's not gonna play, yeah. then who's gonna be the third guy? It's not gonna be Troutman. Do not try to don't don't outsmart yourself. Keep it simple. Yes. Do not go. Hey, Adam Troutman's a great sleeper tight end, and that's mm-hmm. kind of directed at someone that. I share a podcast with that does wait until the very last round to take tight ends. So just uh, offering some friendly advice. I'm taking <laughs> Gerald Everett. I, I will tell everybody I'm in a league with, I'm taking him in the 14th round. Um, we're in a dynasty draft right now that has a kicker spot and I am not drafting a kicker in the draft. So, I mean, that's just like my philosophy is I don't care about kickers and tight ends. If I miss out on the top three tight ends and I don't care about kickers, who cares? We shouldn't even have that's a different debate. All right. Um, <laughs> another episode. Another episode. Another episode. Um, moving forward, uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said he expects Jimmy to be traded. Um, on nothing's for certain, but the shoulder surgery did kind of put a damper on that. So something to monitor. Seahawks and Panthers have continually been linked to. Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield. So it'd be interesting to see if he gets cut, if he's traded, how that all works out. Um, but just something to monitor. Ron Rivera came out today and just doubled down on crushing the dreams of all Antonio Gibson managers saying that it will be a split backfield in Washington, confirming that he wants something close to D'Angelo Williams. Ooh almost said D'Angelo Russell, um, and Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> so Brian Robinson might be interesting this year. Antonio Gibson will be disappointing from what we thought he could be. I mean, can we – I'm going to be honest. He's been disappointing in every – I mean, he's played, what, two years now? I know. And he's been disappointing in both years. 
Well, he's finished his running back 13 and 12, and he's felt disappointing. You know, it's like one of those guys that he's healthy, so he finishes really high. But you're never like, oh, man, I really hope, like, I'm really glad that he won me this week. Because he, he doesn't win you weeks. He won't lose you a week, but he doesn't win you weeks, you know. Exactly. And I think that'll probably keep up um, this season. Well, that's that's really all I got for news and notes as of right now. I'm sure we always have something come back to us um, throughout the podcast. So, we'll, you know, you'll, we'll loop you in there. But today, we are excited because we are talking about our top 15 dynasty running backs um, moving forward. Yes, sir. We love dynasty on this podcast. And honestly, I wish we could talk about it more. Um, but, you know, just re- just getting ready for redraft is such a big thing. That kind of takes up your whole offseason. We, we always sprinkle in dynasty here or there, but I could talk about it all day, every day with anybody i send out probably 15 trades a day and they are all declined um can confirm can actually confirm no i lied they're not all declined most are just looked at and left for like four days before someone responds to me um <laughs> and so n- another subject um but we're gonna start we're gonna go top we're gonna talk about our honorable mentions guys top 20 to 16 for all of us our consensus rankings obviously we have these guys ranked differently on our different lists. We don't all think alike, thankfully. And then we'll go 15 to 1 after that. So, Ty, at 20, we have Kenneth Walker, 19, Travis Etienne, um, 18, Aaron Jones, 17, Ezekiel Elliott, and 16, David Montgomery. I'll give you a minute and a half to talk on one of those guys that you just want to explain that you're either higher on than us or lower on. Just any one of those players that you want to talk about. You know what? I'll take the minute to do all five of those guys because I can keep it right. real nice and short. So all right. Kenneth Walker is absolutely top 20 just because after this year and probably even this year, the backfield is his. So in yep. that offense, he will get volume. Uh, ETN, he's just got the age component in a potential, uh, potentially blooming offense in Jacksonville. Um, Aaron Jones... Look, he had a down year last year, and he still finished as a top 15 running back. Top 12, I think. Top 12 even. So, And now with no Devontae, they're going to have to use him more than ever. So, um, Then Zeke at 17. Um, I think people are just a little hesitant on Zeke just because of a down year last year. Go back to my uh, whichever episode it was where I had a monologue on him. You can also find that video on TikTok even, but... Um, um, he, he's still a solid play, but there are just younger guys or guys that, uh, don't necessarily have a Tony Pollard that they play with. Um, and then Montgomery, probably just a little hesitant on just the new regime that's there in Chicago. You just don't know what to expect, but he's got, he's what? 24, right? 24, yeah. 25, 24, or five. Yep. So ideally, you know, he can be your, your, Running back two in Dynasty without any complaints. Yes. Would 100% agree with that. I do think that the Antonio Gibson news kind of scared us off because he's a guy that before, you know, these last couple weeks, we probably would have expected to see on this list. He's probably 21 for most of for most of us, you know, right on that edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to number 15, I'm not even going to say anything more about those guys. You summed that up perfectly. You did an excellent job, Ty, oh, thank, of thank you. Thank just you. explaining your reasoning on all of them. So I will hand it off to you with number 15, Mr. Cam Akers um, of the Los Angeles Rams. So I'll let you take it away. Yeah, with Akers, I can understand the confusion with putting a guy like Akers at 15 and leaving guys out like Aaron Jones, Zeke, or even Antonio Gibson, right? Like, I understand all of it. I think what puts Akers in at 15 on our consensus rankings is just because he will be the lead back uh, in that Rams offense and He's in the Rams offense. <laughs> so that, that offense is going to be high octane. It will produce. It will score. Um, it'll be a little interesting to see how he comes back into the fold because he missed all of last year. Um, mm-hmm. But 
like I said, this this offense, you have to have a piece of, whether it's Cooper Cup or Cam Akers or Allen Robinson or whoever, you have to have a piece of it. And Cam Akers, the lead back, will get a decent amount of receiving work. He'll get carries. He'll more than likely be the goal line guy, too, if they mm-hmm. want to run it in. So Akers there at 15 is uh, is is probably the best spot for him. And he's like 23. So you've got him for at least three years. Yeah, I think Cam Akers, you know, we're worried about the efficiency. But James Conner just finished as a running back five with 3.7 yards per carry. Right. You know, you don't have to be super efficient if you have crazy volume and you're scoring a lot of touchdowns. Akers is going to score at minimum eight touchdowns this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. minimum on that offense. And that's just because of how good the offense is. And we saw in the playoffs, I mean, Sean McVay fully committed to Cam Akers. Yeah, he did. He never looked a different way. And I, with Sony Michelle out of town, I really don't see him not doing that again this year. Like, Akers is going to be lying for 16, 17, 18 touches a game, you know? And on the Rams' offense, they're going to be quality touches. So, couldn't agree more with that. Moving into 14, this is my guy, J.K. Dobbins. Oh, for Cam Akers, by the way, let's just touch on it. Lucas had him at 17, and me and Ty both had him at 14 in our dynasty rankings. J.K. Dobbins is one where I am way higher on him than both Ty and Lucas. And I think I've been for a while. He's our 14. Lucas has him right at 14. Ty has him down at 16. I have J.K. Dobbins up at running back 9. And now the reason for that is what I saw from J.K. Dobbins at the end of 2020 was special. When he fully took over. And he didn't even really fully take over the backfield. He was only getting 60% of snaps. Um. But he scored nine touchdowns. He was rushing for like 95 yards a game. He was putting up five yards per carry. You know, this dude is fast. He is strong. He is on a team that is committed to running the ball. And even though Lamar Jackson is going to rush for 1,000 yards, I don't know why J.K. Dobbins couldn't do the same. And Lamar Jackson isn't like a Josh Allen where he's a goal line threat. You know, Lamar Jackson is going to score rushing touchdowns. But you're not run, rushing in between the tackles from the three yard line. You're gonna put you're gonna put the ball in J.K. Dobbins' hands. So that's why I have Dobbins higher. But I do think this is gonna be a little more of a down year from my expectations. I have had to temper them because he is coming off an ACL injury. You know he's he's not Adrian Peterson. He's not putting up an MVP season right away. But I think he'll be decent this year and really good continuing to move forward. Yeah, and I mean, the same thing could be said for Cam Akers, right? Because he's coming mm-hmm. off an Achilles, but he played in the playoffs. Yes. And now Akers and Dobbins have a full off season to get back into the fold of an NFL offense. So um, I I don't disagree. Maybe the ranking, just a little bit, but I, we're, we're nitpicking at that point. At yes, that point. we are. For sure. Next on our list, number 13, Derrick Henry, probably the most polarizing running back in Dynasty rankings right now because of age, injury. Tyler and Lucas both have him at 13. I have him down at 16. Um, Derrick Henry, obviously, is going to be 29 this season. He's coming off a um, foot injury, even though he rushed in the playoffs. And we've been saying for a long time that this man isn't human. You know, he's never going to get hurt. So the armor finally cracked. But honestly, do we really expect he's going to get hurt again? I know, I know, there's a re-injury rate. But come on, like, I'm not predicting an injury for Derrick Henry this season. Guys, a foot injury is not an ACL injury. Yes. Okay. If it's an ACL injury, it's a completely separate injury than the foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. You know, he's still going to get crazy volume. He has to. They just traded away AJ Brown. To bring in Traylon Burks, who could be special, but he's not going to be special the second he steps on the football field. Um, same with Robert Woods, who's coming back off an ACL. They have to run the ball. And sure, maybe he won't get 460 carries or whatever this year, but he's still going to get 300. You know, I mean, that's it's not going to go down that much. I mean, he's still going to get 20 plus a game. He's still going to get all the goal line work. Every time they're within the five, he touches the ball until they're in the end zone. I mean, that's that's how they run that offense. And so you got at least one more great year out of him, probably two. 
you know, unless the wheels really fall. But he's just so big and strong that he could be, you know, great year this year and then a couple years like a Melvin Gordon we've seen, you know, where he's still a top 18 running back for three more years. Yeah, and I think with with Henry, um, if you're going to take him in your dynasty draft, like you have to commit to building around him, right? You have to build your team in preparation that maybe in a year it is no longer the Derrick Henry that we've seen the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, in redrafts, he's still arguably top five. But when it comes to dynasty, it just adds that extra layer of team building that gets kind of complicated. Um, but it's certainly doable. I think all mm-hmm. three of us fellows would have no problem with taking Derrick Henry for a dynasty team. Um, but we have, we would have to play out what is what does Doctor Strange say in Infinity War? Like fifteen million five hundred and six yeah. whatever possibilities. That's the amount of mock drafts that like we would have to do in order to like get it right in order to build around Derrick Henry. So, yeah. Next, next we have Nick Chubb, and before I let you take it away, Ty, I do have to admit I think I really screwed up on this ranking. If I would go back, I have him at eighteen, which is criminally Ooh, low. Wow. <laughs> and so I think I'm looking back at it. I'd probably move it back up fourteen or thirteen. I'm, I'm still a little bit lower than you guys, Ty. You got him at looks like 11 and um, Lucas has him at 10. So I'll let you explain the upside. I can explain why I'm a little bit lower, but where I have an 18 is criminally low. That is not where he should be. Um, so Ty, I'll let, I'll let you take it on Nick Chubb. Yeah. So with when, when, when Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, the biggest question mark for Nick Chubb was like, well, how much is Kareem Hunt going to cut into his volume? Mm-hmm. And Chubb didn't really have any receiving volume, but the 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 carries that he had and the efficiency that he had with his carries is what made him such a prominent fantasy running back. Now, uh, Deshaun Watson's in the building. And when you have that much of an upgrade at quarterback from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson, the question doesn't necessarily become Kareem Hunt or... Nick Chubb, it really becomes how often are they going to run the ball now? Because you don't you don't need to rely so much on Nick Chubb to take you know to take some pressure off of Mayfield's plate. And what I found interesting is that over the past three years, Nick Chubb has been a thousand yard rusher. So he is he he is one of the best pure rushers in the NFL as a stands. And he's kind of teetered along that like 190 to like 210 some like carry mark. That's probably not going to be the case this year with Deshaun Watson. But even if he gets, you know, 160 carries, 170 carries, he's going to be efficient with it. He's still worth an investment in your dynasty or in just regular fantasy drafts because he is a big play waiting to happen. He's going to be efficient with however many carries he gets because he has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So, yes, it is. It does not. I feel like Nick Chubb's one of those guys that, like, if you're taking your drafts, you're kind of like, okay, cool. But I f- it doesn't, like, sit right immediately. Mm-hmm. But once the season gets into you know into the thick of things, you will appreciate having Nick Chubb on your on your on your team. Most definitely, I I mean, like you said, he's a top three NFL running back. He he is so unbelievably skilled. I'm pretty sure he's never averaged under five yards a carry on a season, which is ridiculous. The problem is, like you're saying, they're not going to run as much. Kareem Hunt is still there, cutting in to receive more, and Deshaun Watson runs the ball. Yeah. Um, as well. And so Nick Chubb, in order to be super fantasy relevant, needs 14 rushing touchdowns, you know? And I, and he could definitely get it. I just don't know how confident I am that he can do it year after year. Now, Kareem Hunt is off the books after this season, but I don't know if they're going to go away from not having a guy like him at the very least. 
Um, so that's kind of why I'm lower on Nick Chubb. He's also never finished above running back eight um, mm-hmm. in a season, despite being so good. And that's kind of what fantasy football is about, too, though. It's talent and situation. You know, if it's just talent, you're taking him the 102, 103. But yeah, and any other situation I, drops down. And I and I think now having Watson in the building, it does open up the defense a little bit for Nick Chubb, right? And, yeah. and it does, it, it will help him out in some ways. Um, and I think the other thing um, with Nick Chubb, oh shoot, 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 did I just forget my point? Oh no, 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 no. we don't know if Watson's going to be playing all of his games this year half the games this year or whatever, right? And there's the point. Oh, my goodness. It came back to me. So in a hypothetical, let's say that the Browns have 60 plays a game, right? When Baker was the quarterback, you could argue that, like, it was 40 rushing plays to 20 passing plays. It's now more than likely going to be like 30 and 30. Like, I would not be surprised if the amount of pass attempts is like within three rushing attempts or vice versa. Like, this will be the most balanced offense in the NFL because it's Kevin Stefanski who comes from Kubiak's and all that, whatever. Nick Chubb is most definitely worth having on your team. Do, don't downgrade him just because it's Deshaun Watson and Kareem Hunt and all this. He will still be a. a Fine, any Fisher running back, no doubt, and he's a guy that can break a seventy-five yard rushing touchdown any week. You know, any week, give you fourteen points on one play. Next on our list is pretty much the consensus one-on-one rookie drafts. Brees Hall comes in at number eleven. Um, I have him at ten. Ty at twelve. Lucas at eleven. I took Brees Hall in our recent rookie draft, and I feel good about his situation in New York. So he is splitting the backfield with Michael Carter, which I feel is similar to Nick Chubb, is going to cap his ceiling. And that's why I think I have him above Nick Chubb, because I think he could be a similar situation to Nick Chubb. I am not calling him Nick Chubb talent. Do not put those words in my mouth. But (laughs) situationally, he will be similar to Nick Chubb in that way. I also think that this is a team that's going to want to run the ball first. You don't bring in two tight ends and draft a third and strengthen the offensive line if you don't want to run the ball, run off play action all the time. They've got a lot of weapons. They should be scoring more points this season, which I think for Brees Hall means more touchdowns. So that's why I have him higher. I think he's in a good budding situation. This is an offensive core that's going to be together for three or four more years. And I do think the Jets are trending in the right direction which could just mean it's all a trap. They all suck <laughs> and we're right back where we were. But that that's why I have Brees Hall higher. You know, it's, he's so young. He's going to barely be 22 at the start of the season. I think actually he might be 21 at the start of the season. You know, he's going to be on the, on an up and coming team. He's going to have a lot of goal line work. It's just the receptions might be slightly capped for Brees Hall. Which I mean is not the 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 worst thing in the world. No, no, like at you all. said, Nick Chubb has done fairly well without any receiving work. Exactly. Well, next on our list, we have another polarizing running back here because of injuries. Mister Saquon Barkley coming in at number ten. I have Saquon down at twelve. Ty at ten, and Lucas also has him at twelve. Now, Mister Barkley. Obviously, he's had a lot of injuries. So, Ty, why don't you explain why we are still relatively high on Saquon? Yeah, I mean, the the short answer is, like, he was a running back one in fantasy his rookie year. And uh, things are a little bit different now. (laughs) The coaching staff has turned over a couple times. Um, Front office is completely different now. Um, and this offense is, um, slowly getting better compared to what it's been. Um, but I think Saquon is top five running back in the NFL when it comes to just pure skill. The dude is unbelievably strong, unbelievably quick, unbelievably agile for his size. 
He is everything. I mean, there was a reason why he was taking number two in his draft because he did everything. He does everything. And I know last year, you know, when it came to dynasty, he was top six, top five because of the age and, and, and whatnot. And just looking at the state of that offense and being like, they've got no one else. Um, that's still the same case for this offense. <laughs> They've got, I mean, like, yes, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, like all the receivers are there. But like, when you compare them to Saquon Barkley, it would be very, very dumb of Brian Dable to not have that offense go through Saquon. Definitely. And when it and for for Dynasty, yeah, maybe ten is a little high for most people. But 10 is probably going to be the right spot because you know how high he can finish, but you also know how low he can finish. Yeah, Saquon, you know, we talk about injury concerns, but he they're not reoccurring injuries. He had the ACL, yes, that's a little nerve-wracking. But the other injury he had last year was that, that ankle where he just happened to step on the wrong spot, hit a guy, rolled up his ankle, and it swelled up like crazy. Yep. You know, it's just fluky injuries that... It's not like it's reoccurring things over and over again. It's not like it's a hamstring that never goes away or something like that. Right. It's not Dalvin Cook's shoulder that keeps coming back every year. Yep. That's definitely for sure. Number nine on our list is Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara comes in at number nine for you and Lucas. And number six for me, I'm a little bit higher on AK-41. Um, (laughs) um, But... Alvin Kamara's in an offense where they're going to have to go through him. You know, he's a guy that can get 100 targets a season. And I think the way that he runs, the way that he trains, you know, it's all about core strength. It's all about balance. I think he's a guy that can progress, you know, 28, 29, still putting up decent numbers. Not not the same high explosive numbers because he's not breakaway speed you know, all the time. Like, he can kind of get to that top gear, but that's not what he relies on for touchdowns, you know. Like, when we watched, like, an Adrian Peterson, he relied on being the strongest, the fastest break and then having that breakaway speed to get away from people. Kamara just relies on that um, vision. He relies on shiftiness, bouncing off guys, which I think is something that can translate for an older running back. I think that's why I have him higher Mm -hmm. because I know that he can keep it up, and I know that he's going to consistently get volume on this offense. He's too skilled not to. Even when they bring in another guy, he doesn't need 225 carries to be super productive for fantasy. He only needs 160, 170 carries because he can do so much other work, and he scores a lot of touchdowns. He just knows how to find the end zone. So that's that's why I think I'm higher on Alvin Kamara. Obviously, this year he's going to miss some time. But if we're looking from a dynasty outlook, you know that's not that much time. We're talking about the next two to three years. Yeah. I don't think I need to add in anything else. I mean, the only question is how many games does he miss this year just because of the offseason stuff? Yeah. That's that's the only question. For sure. Um, next, we have Austin Eckler. I am definitely the lowest on Eckler at 11. Ty, you got him at 8, and Lucas has him up at 6. So why don't you explain Austin Eckler to us in your ranking? Yeah, so last year, let's start with last year. Arguably, like, the career year for him, right? He finishes running back two in fantasy, the number nine player overall in fantasy. He had 911 rushing yards and 12 touchdowns. He had 70 receptions on 94 targets for 600 or for almost 650 yards and eight touchdowns. So altogether, the dude combined for almost 1,600 yards and 20 touchdowns. The question mark that he had going into last year, was he going to be able to work a running back one workload? And was he going to get goal line carries? Yes and yes. <laughs> he he answered those to a, a level that we had not expected from Eckler, if we're going to be completely honest. Okay. This year, there's there was little to no turnover in that offense. The only person that they brought in that's really kind of a threat to Eckler 
is Isaiah Spiller. And you could argue that Spiller takes some receiving work away this year. I I don't really buy that just because of how fast that offense works. And it Eckler is the perfect running back for it. Spiller seems like the complete opposite. So can we expect the same as he did, you know, the same production as last year? No, because you can never do that in fantasy. That's not how it works. Yep. But the touchdowns should be there still. The rushing yards probably could still be there. Receiving work could still be there too. I mean, he's he's going to finish as a top five running back in fantasy if he stays healthy. Because I know that he's also had other injury riddled years and stuff. But again, he's going to finish top five. The only reason why he's probably down at eight is because he's 27. So the daunting question of how much longer does he have is kind of creeping up on him. Other than that, like he he will finish top five, like I said. And he is a set it and forget it guy because he's just that good in fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Age is the only reason I'm lower. He's just a guy that really relies on that quick burst getting through the hole, and I just don't know how much longer that's going to last. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I have him lower. But like you said, the, the upside is still there. I mean, he's going to have crazy upside this year. So I, I'm not going to say it any better. Um, I selfishly stole these next two because I wanted to talk about them. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about the next two. I'll mute at, myself so you can just talk. <laughs> at number seven, I have Delvin Cook. Um, Luke says him down all the way at eight. Oh, disgusting. And me and Ty have him at seven. Um Dalvin Cook is a guy who has definitely had injury concerns his whole career. When we talk about reoccurring injuries, we usually bring up Dalvin Cook's shoulder. So that is a little bit worrisome. He finished as a running back 16 last year on only six rushing touchdowns. This is a guy who has continually put up double-digit rushing touchdowns, and we should see that come back again this season. Um, so the thing that's a little scary is he's 26, reoccurring injury. However... When the dude's healthy, he looks special on the field. That Pittsburgh game last year wasn't supposed to play. Everyone was like, it's going to be a down game. And he put up 200-plus yards, and every time he has a hole, he is just dynamic. So I, he's another guy where I think, he, like a Camara. I mean, he's a different runner than Camara, but he's around that same age. I'm expecting another two years from him, probably three years of fantasy dominance before he kind of starts to tail off to that end. Um, but I do think... I do want to recognize that he is a riskier pick in Dynasty because he could quickly just be done. You know, it could be a Todd Gurley type fall off where that shoulder, it just gets so bad that it's not worth him playing anymore and he just can't do it. Um, so I do want to acknowledge that, but I just think the skill, the offense that he's in, we talk about um, Cam Akers scoring a lot of touchdowns. This Vikings team's going to score a lot of touchdowns this season. And Dalvin Cook's a better running back than Cam Akers, so I think that's why he's propelled so high. Um, but he's also going to get some good receiving work. He's always been consistent in that way. Do you have anything to add on Dalvin Cook before we jump right into the next one? No, and I think, you know, with Kevin O'Connell coming in in that Rams offense kind of being implemented into Minnesota, there is some concern with just how, ex- you know, how many more carries he gets than the next guy, Alexander Madison. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the guy, he he's, again, another top five runner in the league. He just is. So you, yeah. ha- he, you have to consider him in your top ten. For sure. Our next guy is Joe Mixon, and Joe Mixon's been my guy for the past two seasons. Um, past three seasons, actually. And I really believed in Joe Mixon, and it felt so, so good that it paid off finally this year. We decided to start a podcast. My first, my hottest take is Joe Mixon will be a top seven running back. I wanted to say top five, could not convince myself, and he finishes as the running back four. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. He's in a fun offense to watch. They're rebuilding that offensive line. They just went to the Super Bowl. They're going to put up points. They did like crazy last year at times. And I still think that they're going to try to be run first and run through Joe Mixon first, which is great news. Joe Mixon kind of surprised us last year with the amount of 
receptions and targets that he had. You know, it was just, it wasn't crazy amount. It wasn't Austin Eckler level. But I think he had 65 targets last season, which is very solid. I mean, that that really helps you when you're running back move up into that top five conversation. You know, he's on the outside looking in of top five, but just to be in that conversation is a big deal. He's only 25. He's got a, he's on a four year, whatever million dollar contract. The teams, the team likes him. Teams head in a good direction. So that's why I have Joe Mixon this high. Not much else to add. That was, I mean, Mixon was your guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I have a man crush on Joe Mixon and um, (laughs) I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, the, as a the, fantasy the football player. player. As a fan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, next, we got at number, I think this is number five, Mr. Javante Williams. Ty and Lucas both have him at five. I have him all the way down at eight, so that is why I gave him the tie, um, so that he could talk about the upside that is Javante Williams. Yeah, and I'm actually going to combine this with the guy that's uh, right ahead of Javante Williams in DeAndre Swift because Javante Williams is literally DeAndre Swift 2.0, but just the roles are switched in in their offenses. So I'll start with Swift. Uh, Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, they split carries last year. (laughs) <laughs> like Swift at 151, Williams at 153 in the same amount of games. They split carries. And right away, I know for us fellas, we're just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, But when it, at the end of the day, Swift had more touchdowns than Williams. So Swift is obviously the preferred guy. But with, what separates Swift from Williams is the receiving work. Swift had 62 catches, 78 targets, 452 yards. He almost he averaged almost five receptions on six targets a game. Those kind of numbers for a running back are like Austin Eckler type numbers, where that is going to be. I mean, for PPR, right? I think that's a very big distinction as well. PPR Swift yeah. is like the guy to have in your top five because he's young. He's going to have receiving work. He that that's just how it's going to be. Standard, a little different, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, so with Swift going into this year, there's a question mark on how much the receiving work will train or you know will will uh go into this Didn't next you? year. Yep. Yeah, because they did add Jameson Williams, they went out and signed DJ Chark, they already have TJ Hawkinson, and Amon Ross St. Brown kind of broke out last year. So exactly how much of the the receiving work is going to be there for Swift. And I think if anything from last year, we saw that they wanted to use Swift in space because that's where he's best. Mm-hmm. He's, he's good between the tackles, but he's best when he's in space. So like I said, he's top five because of age. The usage is going to be there. And Javante Williams is literally DeAndre Swift 2.0. Split carries with Melvin Gordon, roughly the same amount of yards. Gordon got the touchdown advantage. So there's the little, there's the flip. But Javante made up for it with receiving work. And when Gordon missed a week last year and Javante filled in, Javante finished as the running back one that week. Mm So he is more than capable of taking over this offense, but I I can understand. I don't agree with, but I can understand a GM saying like, okay, if we can have both the running backs that we did last year with our new off with our new quarterback, why why would we not? Right. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Javante finishes running back seventeen last year as the backup. That's only going to get better as he gets more and more experience in the league. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Melvin Gordon is on a one-year deal. Yes. So ideally Melvin Gordon is out of Denver after this year, mm-hmm. which leaves Javante Williams as the primary running back in that offense. So maybe he's not so much a win now piece for dynasty, 
even though he will contribute. Yes. But he is definitely the long-term young running back that everyone seems to be going for in dynasty formats. 100%. Going off of Javante Williams, I think the reason I don't have him quite as high is I don't know if I believe that he's going to ever have just his own backfield as long as Nathaniel Hackett is there. I think Hackett's going to try to run a two-running back system. I still think, I mean, I have him at nine, so it's not like I think that he's going to be bad or anything. I just think that he's always going to have a more of a cap ceiling. And the reason that I'm not as worried about with Swift is Swift is an elite receiver. You know, Javante is good at receiving. Swift is an elite receiving running back. That's where I think the difference is because Swift can make up for splitting those carries. But that's just why I have Javante a little bit lower. I agree with everything else that you said, Ty. Yeah, and, um, and that Nathaniel Hackett part component, I guess, to mm-hmm. Javante Williams. I think this may just be me, but I think that people need to start looking at Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon more like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, or Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. where don't be surprised if Javante actually kind of takes over as the lead back in that offense this year, just because he fits the scheme better than Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, Up next at number three, we have Christian McCaffrey. Lucas has him at three, Ty at four, and I have him at two. And so many people have been burned by Christian McCaffrey, taking him at the one-on-one two seasons in a row, having that being a lost season. But there is not a player in fantasy football that has the ceiling of Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the only player that can legitimately score 30 points a game. And it's because he is the best receiving back in the NFL. He is can run the ball outside. He can run between the tackles. It just comes down to staying healthy. Now we're talking about the reoccurring injury again. Christian McCaffrey has not had a reoccurring injury. He has had multiple different injuries, which you can say is worrisome within itself, but it's not like you're worried that he's going to go back out and hurt his hamstring again, hurt his shoulder again, tear his ACL again. And I think the injuries have been extended because the last two seasons, the Panthers have not been in the playoff hunt at all. So the last three or four seasons of the year where they could put McCaffrey back out there, they're just not going to risk it because they don't need him because they're already fighting for a last, like a top pick, you know? Mm-hmm. So the ceiling plus the fact that I'm not as concerned about injuries, even though everyone's going to say I should be, um, I put McCaffrey at two because I think that he is behind Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best bets in fantasy football this season. If anyone says to whoever takes Christian McCaffrey in your fantasy drafts, if they say that you got your pick wrong, they don't understand fantasy football. <laughs> because exactly what you said, the dude is the only running back, besides maybe Jonathan Taylor at this point, that can legitimately average 30 points a game. If he, I mean, like, us fellas have no problem taking him top five, other people may. But if he's there at like seven, eight, nine, ten, and they say that you're that you got your pick wrong. I'm sorry. You mm-hmm. they don't understand the potential ceiling that Christian McCaffrey has. It's simple as that. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Um, when I look at it again, like if I'm in a redraft and I am at pick two, Christian McCaffrey will not make it past me. If I'm at pick one, Christian McCaffrey may not make it past me. Because I am going to be so tempted because he can be, if he stays healthy the whole year, he will be the running back one. I don't even think it's a may. I think it's if he is healthy all year, he is the running back one. Mm -hmm. That's just how much, that's how skilled he has. Even if they take away some of his carries, because when he played a full season, he was so much better than everyone else that it wasn't even close. Um, But we'll move on. Oh, no, keep stalling because I was going to look up... uh... You know, because he played like what the first like three four weeks of the season last year. Yep, yep, he did. 
Um, and then uh, this might be a little biased because of Christian McCaffrey is on my dynasty team, and I paid up a decent amount, giving up David Montgomery and Leonard Fournette and a fourth for Christian McCaffrey. Um, but <laughs> I am su- such a believer that he is going to have such a great season. Oh, give me a second. So, hey, week one, McCaffrey put up 23 points, had 98 yards rushing, had nine receptions, 89 yards receiving. Okay. 23 points. He was the running back one that week. Didn't score a touchdown. Didn't score a touchdown. Week two. Okay. Week two, 72 yards rushing, one rushing touchdown, five receptions, 65 receiving yards. Mm. So that's 22 fantasy points. What a scrub. So that's 45 points through two weeks. He was running back two. Okay. And that was with only one touchdown. You add in the touchdowns and even a, maybe, maybe even this is a better point. When he came back and he played for four games. And I'm going to leave out the fourth game because that's the one that he got injured in. Mm-hmm. The three games that he that he played, he had 11 points, 21 points, and 21 points. And uh, do some quick maths here. That should put him as like the running back, like a top five running back in those weeks because it was week nine to week 11. And if I'm not mistaken, he was running back four. Coming off of his injury. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. Exactly. So we'll move on to um, number two. Who I think, besides Jonathan Taylor, is the safest dynasty running back in Najee Harris because he's going to get crazy volume. Mike Tomlin uses one running back, and he uses them a lot. Mm-hmm. And so Najee Harris is going to get crazy volume to tie. Tell the people why they should be all over Najee Harris and dynasty. So the man finished with 1,200 rushing yards last year and seven touchdowns which averaged out over the entire season was 18 carries and 70 yards a game, which is really good for a rookie running back. (laughs) But here's where the value really kicks in for Najee Harris. The man had 74 catches on 94 targets, 467 yards and three touchdowns. The receiving work was there. It is still there. I do not care if it's Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, that's the quarterback. This offense is going through Najee Harris. There's a reason why they were comfortable taking Kenny Pickett in this draft. There's a reason why they were comfortable in taking Mitch Trubisky in free agency. It's because they know that Najee Harris is the focal point in that offense. For sure. The man is 24, one year under his belt, where he was arguably, dare I say, Offensive Rookie of the Year. (sighs) Sorry. It just still blows my mind. Anyway, look, Pittsburgh got some offensive line improvements. The new quarterback is not going to affect him at all. He's a top two. And he should be one, but there's just someone that's, you know, Really, 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 really good (laughs) in front of him. So, yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Um, I think even if the receiving work comes down, the the touchdowns have to go up. Exactly. 10 touchdowns on over 400 400 touches. Like, the man's due for some touchdown regression. Um, I don't know how much, if it's going to come this year, just because I don't know how great the offense is going to be. But moving forward, he's going to score more touchdowns in 10 a season. So I think that's something you look forward to as well. Yep. And as Ty alluded to, our consensus number one, unanimous number one, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jonathan Taylor is 23. He's going to average over five yards carry. The Colts O-line isn't as great as it was two seasons ago, but it is still really, really good. Even with Naheem Hines... Even if Hines gets 80, 80 targets, Jonathan Taylor's still going to get enough targets to keep him as a running back one or as a top three running back for the rest of his career. If he's near the end zone, he scores. Um, if there's any hole, 
he finds it, and he breaks it for a big touchdown. I mean, he's everything you want. Maybe you could desire more for the receiving work, but he's going to be so incredibly consistent. He's going to be one of those guys that you look at every single week, and he's never below 14 points. You know, and he can score 35 points in a week. So there's just really no reason to have Jonathan Taylor any lower than one for dynasty rankings. I mean, you, you said it. There's there there should be no reason that he scores lower than like what 14 points a game yep. this week or this year. And if he does, he's still going to get 25 plus touches. Yeah, like it's not because he didn't get fed the ball at all. It, it volume's going to be there. He will produce. He definitely will produce. He will continue to score 12 plus touchdowns every single season that he's in the NFL. He's just so consistent. He's so good. And he's in a perfect situation for being a great fantasy running back. Kudos to all of whoever out there in the world bought into Jonathan Taylor last year. We just took the middle ground because we saw so many people saying that they were in and we saw so many people saying that they were out. So we just took a middle ground. So we're not taking an L. We're not taking a dub. But we know that there are some people that took a dub on that take. So kudos to you. We have now hopped onto your bandwagon. (laughs) 100%. I just want to take a second to recognize there are a lot of guys that just don't pan out. You know, like we have Brees Hall at 10, but he's never taken a snap. We look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire two mm-hmm. years ago, whatever, whenever he got drafted three years ago now, he was a top yeah. five dan- dynasty running back. You thought, got good skill, taken first round, Kansas City Chiefs. No way he is outside the top ten. You know, he was taken first round in redraft. Mm-hmm. And he has been nothing short of a disappointment. Um, hopefully a little bit of a bounce back year this year, but, and, you know, he's not cracking our top 20, that's for sure. But that's just something to remember. Like with Dynasty, you're trying to project multiple years out, and you just don't know how that's all going to work out. So. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you are human. Mm-hmm. You will make mistakes, and your value is not in your fantasy leagues. Maybe it is for us, but that's because we've accepted our fate. Okay. Yes. That 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 that's it. Motiva- motivational speaker tie here. Um, <laughs> Given to us straight. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. Ty, before we start wrapping this up, do you have anything, any last thoughts on Donnie C running backs that you need to share with the people before we, we wrap this up? Um, I, so we are in the middle of a dynasty startup draft and, uh, it is, it is, I find it quite funny with the amount of rookie running backs that are going in this dynasty startup where (laughs) there are other viable options still available. I would just like to say, do not inflate the value of age and the rookie title in dynasty. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall are the exception in this case because they have the best uh, situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I I mean, look, <laughs> Keontae Ingram, guys like Tyrion Davis-Price, uh, guys like Hassan Haskins, Pierre Strong, those guys, Kyron Williams even, those guys should not be going ahead of running backs like Jamal Williams, guys like, oh, I don't know, Daryl Williams, J.D. McKissick, Daryl Henderson, Gus Edwards, yeah. Do not inflate the value of the rookie title because you don't know the role. Yeah, I think that's super solid advice, uh, and I can't say it better myself. So with that, make sure... You are following us on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on TikTok, Instagram. Make sure you're subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts at. Uh, as Ty is counting on his fingers, we're at least at seven places that you need to be seven following Seven outlets. <laughs> and one last one. Join us on our Discord. 
Hey. Doing some mocks, answering some questions. It's been a lot of fun over there. So, as always, deuces. And we'll catch you next time.